Thank you for giving this opportunity to come and talk to you, speak to you. Um, my name is Reine. Before you have to spend too much time thinking about where is this guy from, I'm from Finland. My wife Ruth is from Dunworth, so not too far. We live in Portsmouth, which is not too far either, about 17 minutes by car. Um, so very briefly, I want to share with you about WEC, uh, what we do, uh, and, and then I also want to bring message to you all, hopefully sort of join together. So, um, so how many of you know about WEC International? Good. So WEC stands for Worldwide Evangelization for Christ. Um, it's a hundred plus years old organization, so it's not anything new. Um, I'm sort of a young face uh, for WEC. In, in some ways, you could say that. Um, so what we do, WEC has over 1,800 workers in about 90 countries. So we're spreading out quite a, evenly in different places. That's our vision, is to see Christ known, loved, and worshipped by the unreached peoples of the world. So that's what we are about. How do we do that? We do different ways in different places, obviously. I, I know that you guys know a lot, and my message also that I'm going to share today, I know that this church knows a lot about mission and, and what's going on in the world, but I hope that I can be bringing some encouragement for you. Uh, it's interesting, this is my first time in this church, but I feel like I know this church already. Um, the reason is that um, I listened to a couple of your sermons online, and I had a look a little bit around, which really gave me a taste of this church, and I was really encouraged how much you love nations. Uh, obviously, King's Lodge is not far away. That's a blessing for you. So I don't think I'm going to say anything new. But this is us as well, WEC International. We want to be preaching lost, um, unreached people groups in this world. This is the old WEC uh, UK HQ headquarters, which was um, near London. I don't know if any of you have been in Bullstrode. Um, very famous place, uh, lots of conferences, May Day, etc. Now, WEC UK has moved from Bullstrode to Coventry. So we're not there anymore. Uh, and that brings it to us as well. So Ruth and I, we used to live in, in, in this place. So we lived, well, actually, you can't see in that picture, but we just lived there in another one flat. Um, so we were working there with WEC. We were um, working with people who wanted to join us as organization. Um, and then as WEC moved from Pulse Road um, to, to new location, it also gave us opportunity to pray and seek uh, what God wants to do in our lives next. So we are based here um, in the Midlands. So we uh, central mobilizers, uh, which means that we are encouraging people into mission. We want to journey with people when they are seeking God's face, what uh, God might want to do in their lives next. So that's what we are about. Very briefly, I want to go. Uh, so WEC has moved from Pulse Road, but WEC hasn't changed. If you know anything about WEC, you probably heard about these four pillars, uh, which is um, holiness, faith, sacrifice, and fellowship. So that's what we are about. This is sort of the thing that binds us together. So we want to live a holy life. We want to be uh, devoted to Christ. We're relying on him. We trust that God will uh, meet all our needs, we're living by faith. And also we are denying ourselves. We're willing to go to places that we have to make sacrifices. 
We're willing to say, that, okay, I can't have all my things that I used to have in my life if I'm following what God wants to do in my life. And also we want to serve God together in love. We want to be in fellowship. But rather than explaining what WEC is doing everywhere in the world, which would take too long time, um, I just want to bring you something what we're doing in this country. So we're also working in the UK as a mission field, um, rather than just sending people out from here. And we'll come to that later, how um, that all works. But we have a <coughs> um, ministry called Neighbours Worldwide, which is really reaching people, um, migrants and, and refugees, and, and just people from other countries. So, so they they working in that in different locations. If you're interested of any of these ministries to be doing, just come and talk to us afterwards, rather than um, you're trying to explain every detail. We also have youth and WEC camps. Many people who are today adults have gone through uh, WEC camps, and that was a turning point in their life. It's a wonderful ministry. Uh, I would say thousands of people, have um, their life has changed in those camps, and it's still going. This summer there are several camps um, going on. And also WEC uh, youth and, and um, uh, that department, they also... Uh, to training for churches and all sorts. And also we have Resonance, which is more art and worship and, and drama and that sort of thing, um, really bringing God into that. Um, and that's, that's a um, wonderful work as well. And also Bethel. I don't know if you've heard of Bethel. It's sort of independent uh, organization from WEC, but in a partnership as it was started by WEC um, years ago. And that's for people who... Um, a problem with uh, alcoholic addiction and, and, and uh, drug users. It's wonderful ministry. I have had a privilege to stay with these, these uh, houses for a couple of times for a few nights. And it's, it's life-changing to see how God is working in those men's lives. Um, and once they come together in the church on Sunday or their conferences, and when you see these guys just worshipping God, um, because they know that they, they didn't go through that without God. They know that their life is totally, totally depending on him. And it's a wonderful place. So these are the things that we're doing in this country. So that's about us. If you want to know more about WEC, um, just come and talk to us. Um, I know that you guys know a lot about different mission organizations and you're very mission-minded. Uh, we're just one of, one of them. And we, we're doing this uh, role in here. So we're really excited about that. It's a new chapter for us personally as well uh, to live and, and do this role. Um, so thank you for this opportunity. But really what I would like to, to talk today is, is what's happening in this world um, and what is God's mission for us as a church. And I'm talking about church as a whole. Um, so if you have your Bibles... You could turn to very well-known verse in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. <coughs> Excuse me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.
You can see, first of all, in this verse, you can see four different all, all authority, all nations, and teaching all things, and he's with us always. You could put it in that way. But this, this, this verse starts with the word, therefore. And I know that there are Bible students here. So always when you come to therefore, what do you do? You look the verse before. So what's the verse before this? This is probably one of the most therefores in the Bible. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. So that's what we are about. We're going, we are in this world because God, Jesus has sent us uh, to make disciples. We're in, in his authority. It's like an ambassador who is representing other country. They have that authority um, that they carry in. So what does it mean to make disciples? How do we do that? Well, it says here, baptizing them and teaching them. Obviously, baptizing them to Christ, but it's also that commitment. It's not just casually saying, yes, I lift my hands in a meeting, but it's actually saying, I am ready to follow Jesus. It's a real commitment. But then it comes to this teaching part of making disciples. And again, it's something that is much more than just classroom situation. It's good to have knowledge, but we can't disciple people just transforming knowledge to somebody. We can't just do it in a classroom situation. And I'm sure that um, all the people from King's Lodge, you know this. Discipleship is so much more than just classroom-based. It's a lifestyle. It's shared life together. And that's where it gets tricky. We don't like that. We as a church, we don't like getting involved in other people's business. We don't want to um, journey with people who need discipling. It's too messy. It's almost easier to say, just come to church, just sit there, listen to what the preacher has to say, go home, come next Sunday. It's so much easier. But this is actually something that we have to get hands on. We need to be with these people. We're bringing them to spiritual maturity. What is the spiritual maturity? It is not measured by the knowledge the person has. It's how much he's putting that knowledge into practice. That's the real maturity. And again, we come to this. I'm not against knowledge. Rather opposite. But we need to live what we have learned. And also it says, to teach everything I have commanded you. Now we could go through every single thing that Jesus um, have commanded his disciples to do. But what were the two most important commandments that Jesus said? He said, love your God and love your neighbor. So again, we can't do that just telling that. We need to live that. We need to be muddling that. We need to be able to say, like Paul said, watch me and learn from me. Be like me. I haven't got that confidence to say. 
Also, we pass that on. And that's what uh, Paul was doing. So how often we th- this, this process will stop into us? And Paul said to Timothy, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We can see four generations in this verse. First of all, there's, there's Paul, there's Timothy, they're the faithful men who will then teach others as well. Are we the one who blocked this process happening? Somebody discipled us. Somebody was journeying with us. And then we didn't carry on. We didn't start discipling somebody who was younger in faith. But this is how it works. There's Paul and Timothy. And then it should carry on. So basically, Timothy, my disciple, disciple others to disciple others. That's how it carries on. Once people from um, people start to come to this church, new believers, hopefully soon, that's the job that you have to do, is to disciple those people, to journey with them. Let's carry on. So, what is the people group? It says, to go to all the nations. I'm sure many of you know about this, that word nations is a Greek word, is ethnos which we have a word, ethnic groups. So it wasn't, when Jesus said, go to all nations, disciple all nations, he didn't mean just countries with, uh, with borders. It was all the people groups in this world. And that widens our thinking quite a lot. So people group is a group of individuals who share, uh, share history, language, beliefs, and identity. It's the thinking us and others. I am finished. So it's us and others. It's people group. So there are 196 countries in the world, but there are 16,000 people groups in the world. For example, in Pakistan, it's one country, but there's 400 different people groups in one country. So 7,000 of these um, people groups are classified unreached. Have you ever come across with this term before? Unreached? That's what WEC is about. We want to see these unreached people groups worshipping God. So people group is unreached if it has got less than 2% of these populations are believers. So this means that there are too few Christians that they can reach their own people group. Almost 3 billion people in this world belongs to this group. And then unengaged, unreached people groups. So 3,000 of these unreached people groups belongs to this. And this group... Um, nobody is actively trying to reach. So they haven't got churches, they haven't got Christian uh, co-workers, they haven't got Bibles around, they haven't got access for the good news. And nobody in this world is actively reaching them. 
as a huge number. Most of these people groups live in window 1040. So how are we doing with this task that Jesus gave us? So Jesus said to us, go and make disciples for nations. Here we are after 2,000 years. How, how are we doing with this task? So we could put it in this way. <clears throat> Some of you might have seen something similar. So this is the world. So there's 7 billion people in, on earth. 33% of Christian, whether they real Christian or just nominal, so that's called world C. So these are Christian people, not all real Christian. For example, in Finland they say 78% or something like that are Christians, but that's not real. But I was in the UK. Uh, so nominal Christians are in this group as well. So then world B is 38%. They they have access to the gospel. There are churches around. They know about God, but they have chosen not to follow Jesus. And then the last group is group that uh, they haven't got churches, no believers, and they are unreached. That's one way to put it. So do we still have a job to do? as a church, looking at that. The whole, yes. Do we still need missionaries? Yes. So there are about 400,000 missionaries in the world estimate. 72% of those missionaries are going to this first group that are already Christian or nominal Christians at least. So 72% of our mission force goes to this group. Already churches, already Christians, 25% 25% of missionaries go to group world B. So they have churches, but they have chosen not to follow Christ. Only 3% of our missionaries go to this group. Well, this shows how small it is. Go to those people who are unreached. So what can we learn from this? Well, there is definitely still need. Job is not done yet. We need more missionaries. And we need to redirect our focus to the most unreached. That's just the other way of showing it. Well... The world is changing. So many of these unreached people groups, we think, oh, they're somewhere there. They're somewhere there far away. How do we even 
how could I even think about starting reaching them? I don't want to leave my job, or I don't want to. I I can't do it anymore. If if I was younger, perhaps then. The world is changing. These people groups are amongst us. So this one it shows us how the world has changed. So this was in 1900. Most Christians in the world were in Europe and North America. You can guess what has happened now. So Christianity is actually growing, but it's not necessarily growing here. Well, this is by 2000. So most Christians are now in Asia and Africa. Christianity is actually getting less in Europe. In 1900, Europe had over 70% of Christian population in the world, but in 2000, only 30%, when it's Latin America and Africa, 40%. In 1900, Africa had 10 million Christians, about 10% of the population at the time. By 2000, the number was 360 million, about half of the African population. The number of practicing Christians in China is approaching the number in the United States. Last Sunday, more Christians attended church in China than in all Europe together. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? That's the world we're living. So things are happening. These are positive things that are actually happening in some other parts of the world. So what has happened is also that mission field is not somewhere there. It's not... Oh, mission field, it's Africa. That's what people think straight away when you say, I'm a missionary or mission field. People see Africa. Mission field is everywhere. Are we all missionaries then? That's what people say. And many people say yes. My answer for that would be yes and no. I would still say that there are people who God has called to go to new location, leaving their home like Abraham and going to new location. So I would say that cross-cultural mission is still, whoever is involved in cross-cultural mission is still missionary. So you need to cross something, whether that's geographically, politically, ethically, or linguistically. But we can be we, we can all be missional. I mean these are just terms. I was just want to encourage you, whatever you call yourself or whichever box you want to put yourself, God has given the same task for all of us. So this go and make disciples of all nations wasn't just oh it's just for those missionaries. No, it's for all of us, it's for the church. So, mission, let's, let's see what has happened in the world a little bit more. So, this is how the world looked in 1900. Yellow is very Christian. Evangelicals are in Europe, Australia, North America, etc. By the 60s, you can see that it's getting darker, in a way, in Europe. But it's getting lighter somewhere else. 2000. Why do we send most of our missionaries in these areas? 
when the most need is here, and need is getting here as well in Europe. Now, this is estimate 2050. It may look like this. So mission is not just there, it's everywhere. It's from everywhere to everywhere. And that's what I want to bring to you today. Um, in WEC, we have several Bible colleges around the world. One is in, um, in Holland. And they have launched this new uh, training called Doorstep. It's for migrant and refugee ministry training. If you are interested about that, just come and talk to me. But this is just to, to give you an idea we are doing something about this. We have people coming from other countries to our countries and what an opportunity to reach them. Because many of these people are from those unreached people groups. But suddenly they're not just there, they're actually next door to us. Well, in some ways they're not unreached. At least they have access to the gospel. They might be near church or whatever. But still, somebody needs to go and encourage them and, and, and talk to them and evangelize them. So, in all this, we have to ask the question, what is my role? Unfortunately, you can't go away from this. Um, after today, you can't just say, well, I don't care, or um, it's not me. I, I'm not called to be a missionary. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, how old you are, how young you are, it doesn't matter. God has called you for this task. So Europe has become one of the biggest mission fields. So, yeah, all nations are just here. Now, what about Nuneaton? Now, I would like to ask a question. How many of you were not born in, in the UK. You're from somewhere else. Could you raise your hand if you, if you will? Just keep your hands up for a while, if that's okay, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, it's quite good, but okay, King's Lodge is not too far. Um, <clears throat> average in Nuneaton is 6%. 6% of the population in Nuneaton um, an un-UK born. It's quite low for a central region. For example, Leicester, 35%, Coventry, 24%, Birmingham, 20%, and average in the UK, 13 I believe that every church in every city should represent the people in that city. I think 6% at least is represented in this church at the moment. But we want to see people coming from who live in Nuneaton, local people who have come to this city to be reached. And it's possible. We have wonderful news what God has done in this area, in, in WEC as well, or WEC-related ministries. For example, in, in, uh, in Derby, in four or five years, 130 Muslim background Christ, uh, people have become Christian and been baptized. It has been fast moving. These people have come from other countries. They've come to Derby for a while. They've become Christian and they act, sometimes they have been then relocated somewhere else by government and they actually start evangelizing their own people there. 
And that's how it works. The person, the WEC person who's being involved in this is sort of in the background, is supporting these leaders, helping them to do the job, rather than he trying to lead it. So the question is not whether you are called or not. We are all called. But the question is whether we go or we stay, rather. We are all sent to the nations. And if you look from Jerusalem point of view, Nuneaton is quite end of the earth anyway. So here we are. We are all sent. The question is where and among whom? So you don't have to pray about this. You don't have to fast about this. It's very clear what God wants to do. It is to take his good news to all people groups in this planet without counting the cost. I'm not sure where we are. Yes, very quickly, I want to bring this as well. The disciple others, obviously we need to be good disciples ourselves. And that's a whole different message that I'm not going into. But we need to surrender and be obedient. We need to count the cost. Who do not give up everything cannot be my disciple. So the question is still, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to give up our comfortable life for the sake of lost people in this world? And I know that there are people sitting in this room who've done exactly that. Even you might be quite comfortable. But still, you're not in your own, your own country. <clears throat> if you think that this world is getting better place, you might have got it wrong. I don't want to be negative. Because God is going to do amazing things when we're with him. But at the same time, I think we are coming to times where church is more persecuted in our countries as well. In Luke 21, 10, it says, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. In that verse, same Greek word for nation, ethnos, is used. So it could be translated, the ethnic group will rise against ethnic group and kingdom against kingdom. And I think we are coming to time where this is going to be more and more reality. Ethnic groups in the countries, not just that one country is against one country and there's a war between two countries, it's actually ethnic groups in the countries are going to be against each other so what is our job in the middle of all that? Is to love nations. And I know that this church loves nations. I know that you recently you were praying for nations. And that's what is in God's heart. Nations. So what is our role? Is to love people in that situation where others are cursing others, blaming others. We are there in the middle of them. 
loving people. So if you want to be close to Jesus, get on board what he's doing in this world. Because he's doing wonderful things. There are revivals going on in different parts of the world. Christianity is uh, growing in parts of the world. It may not look like that here. What is in my heart recently, really strongly, is coming to my heart is to see a revival. And I'm not that sort of revival person who wants to talk about revival here or there. But are my prayer for this role that we have taken to be representing WEC UK in central region is to see revival in this region, to see revival in the UK. I would call it old-fashioned revival, where people actually repent their sin. Not just that they have a little funny feeling or something a little bit happens in their lives. No, that they actually repent and become Christians. Because the church in the UK and the church in Europe needs that. Our churches, many places, are getting smaller. People are leaving or whatever reasons are happening. We need to see a revival. And we need to see people coming from other countries into our countries in Europe as missionaries. It's not just that we send missionaries from this end to other ends of the world. We're actually receiving people because God has done something amazing in some other places. And they're actually coming and bringing that to us now. In Luke 24, 47, 48, it says, And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. And that's what I'm looking for, repentance. Real revival, the people turn back to God. I was so fascinated by revival that was happening in early 1900s in, in Nuneaton. And why don't we pray that that revival, that sort of revival comes again? To say, God, do it again. Do it again in, in Nuneaton. So God has called us all to be missional Christians, whether we call ourselves missionaries or whatever we call ourselves. We all have the same job. We just have different roles. We preach the good news for God's salvation and repentance to all nations. We disciple others. And we cannot do that without our, in our own strength. That's what Jesus said. Wait, when the Holy Spirit comes, the power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and ends of the earth. And that's the other key. It's amazing how much Christian work we can do in our own strength. For example, role that we have to, to encourage people to come into missions. If there's a revival, our role, our job is easy 
because churches are flooded with people and people want to join mission organizations and people don't they want to go with WEC, they want to go with Youth Through the Mission, they want to go with every possible mission agency that is represented in this country. Our role to try to get in people into, into mission is easy because there's a movement of God. We can do in our own strength so much that it sometimes amazes us. But the key is that we do what God is doing in His strength. So the question is, Again, this is the final one. Do we want to be part of this end result that you see there? The ones in heaven, we see this great multitude from every nation, tribe, people and language. Because that's the end result. In my talk today, there have been a little bit some negative points as well. But let's rejoice. Because we know what the end result is going to be. Heaven is going to be full of people from every nation. If you only want to be with British people, I'm sorry, heaven is not a good place for you. Because there will be people from every nation. That's it. Amen.